Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing excellent. I'll tell you what, Bill, we have had a interview full year so far. We have interviewed some amazing, amazing people. So it's kind of fun because this is the one podcast, the first one of the year that we're doing that's just going to be us. Right. And I'm, I'm excited about some of the things we've got in the in the hopper uh, for, for the future, and I'm excited about today's podcast for sure. So, Well, I'm excited about Hole in the Wall. Absolutely. I, I have, in 15 years doing this, specifically Hole in the Wall, um, I just feel as excited now as I was then. Every day I wake up, I'm just I'm very pro, very positive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got a good good feel about it, and I yeah. love doing this business. You know, 2022 was a record-breaking year for us. We did record numbers. We had record quarters. I mean, we ended the year stronger than we have ever in any, any year. So post COVID post, you know, uh, hiring struggles and fuel expenses going up and costs going up, supply shortages, all we, true. We've still been able to just maintain and do great. Not so, only maintain, but grow, but grow. We, we've had, we've had steady and stable growth. Um, and I, I just, maybe that's what helps keep me excited. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of fun to do. I love the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a, a great team in place. We'll probably be touching on that a little bit farther in, in the uh, uh, podcast today. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, the small changes that bring big results. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they say, how do, you, uh, how, do you, uh, how do you turn the Titanic slowly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just... You just Eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm going to jump right in. Yeah. I um, I heard a story because I, you know, I like to read a lot of stuff and I listen to a lot of people and I never assume I'm the smartest guy in the room. I just try to listen and pick up things from people. But I heard this story years ago. Weird story. It's about British. Of all things, British cycling. Oh, okay? yeah. Like, the, you know, the bikes, like the mm-hmm. Tour de France bike rider right. guys. Um, and it was such a good story. It really stayed with me, and I kind of shared it uh, over the years with people. Um, and as I was thinking about it recently, I did a little research, and I found out, uh, I think the story's been told several other places, but a, an author by name of James Clear uh, outlines this story in his book, Atomic Habits. Uh, which I have begun reading lately, was mm-hmm. referred to me by a couple of people. And, um, you know, just halfway through the book, I've already referred it to half a dozen people. It's oh, so yeah. powerful. It's the concept of making small changes and then getting really big results as, you know, as the end product of doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you ever heard that story? Would you like me to share it with you? Um, I have heard it in part, obviously, being next to you every day, I, I hear it. It's a really inspiring story, though, and it's actually we we've been talking about it for years. Yeah, um, I actually find it f- funny that we a version of the story. It's almost like the telephone game, you know, where you you whisper something in someone's ear, and then yeah, you, you know, this story has actually changed in my brain a little bit. And okay. then when you went back to the book, 
it's solidified mm-hmm. all the core values. And so I, I, I think it's something that we're going to be able to dig into. Well, one of, one of the things I find really uh, inspirational about it is it's a true story. Yes. This, this is something that really happened. This is some, um, well, it's a real series of events, mm-hmm. life-changing type stuff. So anyway, the story goes a little bit like this, and it's about the British cycling team. And this was around 2003, so the early part of this century. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were bad. The story is they were they were really bad. I mean, they they hadn't won Olympic gold in something near 100 years. I think the actual number was about 95 years. Right. Uh, they hadn't won the – I think they had never, ever won the Tour de France, which is a race that's been – Mm-hmm. run for 125 years. And, the, I mean, they're a, a major country on the continent of Europe, and they just had never won it. So mm-hmm. the, the the British cycling team was just a train wreck. Um, there was even a bike racing manufacturer in Europe wouldn't even refuse to sell the team bikes because they didn't they, want the name associated, associated with them. Oh, yeah, wow. it's terrible. So that's like a almost a century of frustration for this team. And they just, they decided we, we need a change. We've got to do something. Well, they brought in, they hired a guy by name of uh, Dave Brailsford. And he was brought on board uh, as a performance director for British Cycling. And um, he was tasked with turning this thing around. Um, and they hired him based on this premise. He said to them, give me five years and let me do my program. And he said, I, th- I think I can bring you a Tour de France. Hmm. Let's, if you haven't done it in 100 years, that's that's yeah. a pretty big goal. Yeah. Well, five years is a stretch, too. Well, he, as bad as they were, he knew yeah. it was going to take a minute to get things going, okay? A monumental job, to be sure. But he had, he had an insight, and he had an approach in mind, and he called it the aggregation of marginal gains. Hmm. It's a big fancy word salad string of words right um that means you just break something complex down to its simplest pieces and then you study each of them looking to see if you can find a simple one percent improvement in each piece and then when all these pieces are reassembled uh, you can achieve significant improvement in the performance right that was his theory um and he set some pretty high goals for the team as when he came in, uh, like let's let's go win Olympic gold medals, let's go win the Tour de France, and so he challenged each member of the team to Im- look for a one percent improvement every day. So he's asked his team to kind of find a few things. The one percent. What were some of the things that they found? Well, the interesting thing was it wasn't just the riders. Mm-hmm. So it was everyone associated uh, with the program. And he began to just look at everything. So he, they just set to work, man. They were measuring and monitoring everything related to the athletes, mm-hmm. uh, the equipment. Uh, they did things like examining uh, the nutrition uh, of the athletes hmm. because they, they figured if they can find a 1% improvement in how they eat, then that's... They'll perform better. It's going to help. Yeah. Uh, they tested, I, uh, I was aware they tested racing suits to find out which one was the lightest and the most aerodynamic. And they actually wound up using, apparently they use a different racing suit f- for racing indoors than they do on okay. 
outdoor racing. So they found the one for indoors was much lighter, much more aerodynamic. It wicked the sweat, kept the athlete more comfortable. Hmm. So they switched suits. Um, They had new seats designed for the bikes that were more comfortable. They did things like um, rubbing alcohol on the tires of the bikes to give them more grip. Hmm. I mean, it was just little stuff. Um, They had a surgeon brought in, and he taught the entire team how to wash their hands to avoid catching colds. And because they're not getting sick and having colds, they now have more training days. Right. Wow. I'm like, that's that's pretty clever. I wouldn't even think about that. Uh, uh, One of the other changes they did was to paint the inside of their equipment trailer white. Uh, so that little tiny pieces of dirt and lint uh, that can kind of foul up those, you know, delicately tuned racing bikes could be easily seen, and then they could just eliminate them. Wow. Uh, they tested mattresses and pillows to see which one for each athlete provided the best rest. I mean, they just they cut the program into just a hundred little pieces wow. and just look for an improvement in each one of them. Um, and sure enough, in time, the little improvements began to yield results. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out after he implemented this program, um, he had lied uh, to the British authorities. He did not win the Tour de France in five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. He actually won it in three. Uh-huh. The program was so uh, – and they had just become more than competitive, like – at the Beijing Olympics in 2008, man, Britain just dominated. They won like 60% of all the gold medals. It was their first Olympic medal since 1908. And then uh, four years later at the London Olympics, the story was kind of the same. Uh, they won a bunch of gold, and the team set nine Olympic records and six world records. Okay? Well, wow. So, that I mean, this is a team hadn't done anything in 100, in 100 years. Uh, in 2012... Uh, a British rider, guy named Bradley Wiggins, won the Tour de France and uh, their first victory in that race ever. Truly amazing. Um, and then that was followed in 2013 by another uh, Briton named of Chris Froome, who won it, not only won it in 2013, but he won it again in 2015 and 2016 <laughs> and 2017. So this was the power of those small gains um, so powerful that between 2007 and tw- uh, 2017, so this is 10-year period uh, mm-hmm. for British racing, British cycling, they won a total of 178 world championships and 66 Olympic gold medals. That's pretty impressive. That's nuts. That's a great – I just love that story. Yeah. And when I heard it years ago, it just really, it just really stuck with me. And the more I've looked at it this time around, I, I am so aware that how making small changes, even in your personal life, if you you just have habits that you either add or eliminate, mm-hmm. how how that these aggregate, they come together to make well, big com- changes in a person's so it's, life. It's, it's, it feels like common sense, right? It feels like, yeah, of course. If I don't spend five bucks every day on Starbucks and put that five bucks in the bank and I... I could save a little bit more money than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we like to have. Well, I got my tax return coming back, so I got a big, a big check coming, and I'll just save that or use big right. projects for that, as opposed to small little changes throughout the year, so you have what you need when you need yeah. it. And well, for business, it's the same way. Oh, it absolutely is. And we're gonna we're gonna dig into that uh, in a minute because 
um, I realized that over the years, we have made dozens and dozens and dozens of small changes mm-hmm. at Hole in the Wall that have, you know, at the time, you could see that it was an improvement, but aggregated. Yeah. Okay. And over time, and this is one of the things about that the author in the book, uh, Atomic Habits, brings to light. You might start a small habit and not really see anything mm-hmm. right away. In other words, I'm going to lose weight, so I'm just going to eat, you know, less today. Yeah. Stop drinking soda or... Right. Yeah. It, but you get on the scale tomorrow and you still weigh the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't just look for an immediate gain, although it does happen sometimes. Sure. But if you have good dietary, good exercise habits developed over time, you certainly will see a change in in your weight and yeah. in your overall conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing he points out in the book is that sometimes these things come together to bring a change that seems sudden, but it really isn't. It's It's been happening over time. Think about it for a minute if you're like... Uh, the continental plates on on the on the earth okay? okay right and they they have where they meet together and they're mashing together it's called a fault line mm-hmm. and that's where earthquakes tend to happen right california is a big one um and it just seems like suddenly there was a big earthquake but that's not the case at all in fact the pressure has been building on those plates for perhaps tens of thousands of years yeah and nothing happened day after day after day, but every day that pressure was increasing to the point that one day it just kind of, those plates slip against one another, mm-hmm. and then there's a big earthquake. So it seems like it happened all of a sudden, but it's been happening as, a, as, a, as, as the habits essentially mm-hmm. have, been, have been progressing. Um, I do want to point this out, uh, and again, I'm not original with this. I stole this from the author, uh, James Clear. Mm-hmm. A 1% improvement really doesn't seem like much. Can, can we agree on that? Yeah. However, and if you do the math, and this is for the nerds out there, if you can make a 1% improvement for 365 days, that's one year, mm-hmm. you're going to get a 37 times improvement at the end of one year. Now, I want to point out that's not a 37% no, it's a multiple of. It's a multiple of mm-hmm. 37 times more. Now, granted, 1% improvement every day is difficult. It is difficult to make an improvement every day. Sure. But let's say you're only half successful doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, you still are going to get, you know, 18, 19% improvement. Yeah. Who wouldn't take that over the course of a year? Absolutely. Uh, conversely, if you're not improving, but you're getting 1% worse every day, you're slipping now. Mm-hmm. After a year, that number moves almost to zero. Yeah. So you're just, you've gone back to the point where you actually have nothing. You haven't done anything. Um, and the one thing I came away from that book was with just small habits, small routines, small disciplines in a, in a person's life, they just combine to produce surprisingly positive results over time. But what I gathered the story is that it's 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 not just that we're just, he, he made small changes, but he made small changes with a purpose. He was intentional about the goal. Yes. The goal is I want to win a Tour de France. The goal is I want to win Olympic, Olympic gold. Yep. Right. 
And to get those goals, we had to make changes. Our goal for holding the wall is like, I want to make X number of dollars or I want to franchise in order mm-hmm. to get, you know, like we wanted to franchise years ago. Oh, yeah. But we couldn't franchise until we had all these little pieces that we worked for years mm-hmm. to put into, into our processes that we can then franchise. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to me, that's the, it, you just don't want to haphazardly walk on this earth and just hope that things just work out miraculously. And you can have a positive change here or there. But if you don't do the changes with an intentional desire, a purpose, a goal, if you're not doing it intentionally, then you're just kind of wasting your time. You might get lucky. Listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. But the reality is, is that once you lean into it a little bit, you have that goal, you have that change, and you work towards that change, you can accomplish much with little small changes yeah. over the course of a long period of time. Well, I, I realize that if somebody walks into hole in the wall uh, today, and it happens, and, and people are like, this is like any drywall company I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, you guys have polished offices, you have logo trucks, you have, you know, we have a system in place, mm-hmm. but it wasn't always that way. Yeah. And I, and I remember, uh, actually, you and I were talking about this earlier, uh, when I first started out, and had a had a, I had some kind of a vision for what this could be. I didn't know it was going to be this. I had hopes, mm-hmm. um, but even then, I remember just making, beginning to make small changes because my company before and had been for years, and I made a good living at it was dement painting because we did a lot of paint work, mm-hmm. painting and drywall repair. Um, and I made a conscientious decision, and it was a small one. I think I'm just going to start a company that just fixes drywall. Right. We just repair it. We're going to become experts at that. And we have. Um, I had to get a name, small change. Um, I had to um, get a website, small change. Logo. Yeah, logo. Got to get a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know how to get a phone number. Yeah. So... All these things had to be done up to the point where I had been a, a small-time tradesman, essentially working on my own, working by myself. Yeah, I had a couple of three guys that worked with me. wasn't certainly wasn't completely alone, and we had all the work that we wanted. But I had an idea that this thing could be something more. And then I, I remember distinctly that it just kind of kept growing, you know. And I was I was pretty conscious about tracking the numbers to see what we were doing, mm-hmm. but by by year four I I looked back and I realized we had doubled in size every year for the first four years, mm-hmm. and I needed another significant change, so we brought in Gigi who began to answer the phone, uh, and she helped scheduling crews. She helped manage clients. She was my CRM in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Managed the QuickBooks file. Yes, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. She kept books for us. Um, and then within six months, uh, you had arrived. Mm-hmm. That was, a, I mean, that was, these are a little bit bigger changes. Right. But all of the, all of the growth and all of the changes, all the, uh, what was the term I'm looking for here? All the maturing Mm. of our business happened because I was constantly looking for what are those small changes that can that can really move the needle. Right. And then once you got here, that was in that was within you too. Yeah. You know, to begin well, uh, there, moving there was, that needle. There was definitely a vision that I had, you know, when 
from our very first meeting, it was like, okay, well, the name of the company is not Dement Painting and Drywall. Yeah. It's Hole in the Wall. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that we needed to build a company that was beyond the person. Right. Um, and that was one thing that we, we've talked about in the past is, you know, succession planning and what's your exit strategy and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Well, I saw that from the very beginning. Like, all right, well, this was Dement Painting. I wouldn't be here. Mm. And so, so you already made a really good choice with the name. Had a great logo. Mm-hmm. You already had a website that was functional. It's like, okay. So what I wanted to do is when I came in is just to start making little tweaks that allowed us to to have the freedom to grow when the time was right. And, you know, we've talked about it. John Kenny was on the podcast, you know, last year and he's mentioned, you know, don't have a Gmail account, have a have a real account, you know, hole in the wall. It was it was was not just an HIW at Gmail, it was let's let's to create something different. Yes. We wanted to be able to standardize the phone system. Okay, so right when when I got here, we literally were passing cell phone back and forth to each other. We were, and if you were on the phone with somebody and call waiting clicked in, you either had to stop the conversation or let it go to voicemail. Yeah. So we want, and then when Gigi was only part time back then, and so at three o'clock she had to go pick up her son from school, and then sometimes the cell phone sat on the desk and would go to voicemail while yep. we were out doing estimates. Right. So we wanted to fix that. So we created our our phone system. We had, but we had to port the phone number over. We had to get the you know, get the cloud-based server. We had yep. to get all those done. But those were small, little, tiny changes. And and then making the guys from 1099 to W2 actually was a bigger change, but it benefited us drastically because you're able yeah. to actually keep quality employees because they're, far, they're part of a bigger company now yeah. as opposed to just... Well, and one guy. of the hidden benefits was because uh, we had uh, fully insured, licensed, legal employees. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to... to uh, perform jobs in hospitals, medical facilities, yep. and mm-hmm. other places that uh, a mom-and-pop shop can't do. They just yeah. they just don't have the correct paperwork to get in there. Yeah, we, we won one of our largest contracts. I mean, this was a large contract um, for a hotel, basically because we were a legit operation that was not using 1099 subcontractor employees. We were able to, to labor all that in-house. And it was wildly profitable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. worth worth a gamble. Um, one of the things that I would like to mention here is that um, I'm, I realize that by intent, uh, because of who you and, you and I are, mm-hmm. we have woven into the fabric of Hole in the Wall uh, con- a spirit of constantly looking for small improvements. Yeah, and and that's that's we always encourage our employees to do that, and we get some really good ideas back from our employees mm-hmm. once in a while. Well, our staff meetings are always like, let's find a way to make subtle, small changes, right? Yeah. I mean, I, even before I got here, I remember one of the one of the very first things that um, that you talked about was like Scott one day was like, we got all these hoses for our, our air compressors, uh, and these you know these are all um, they're all so big and so long. And in, or, or, or even the water hoses, you've know, yep. got these 25 foot, you know, 25 or 50, 50 or 100 foot, foot hoses, water yeah. hoses. Well, they're too big. And now you're wasting all your time wrapping this hose up and yep. lugging it to and from the truck. Well, mm-hmm. we don't need a 50 foot water hose. We need a 10 foot water hose. Yeah, 75% of the time we're working yeah, within 10, within feet, 10 of the, feet of the water, the water source mm-hmm. or the air source if we're inside blowing texture. So you wouldn't think that's a big deal, right? You wouldn't think that. Going from a 25 or 50 foot hose to 10 foot hose would be a big deal. But if you really dice it down, you think about, well, I'm now spending less 
three seconds less wrapping that hose or 10 seconds less wrapping that hose or I'm less wear and tear in your body walking to and from the, the, the vehicle with that hose. That's yeah, and a more subtle benefit is it takes up less room on the truck. Mm-hmm. So now you have room for additional equipment if you need it rather yeah. than just a bunch of extra yeah, hose that, that you and, don't. And that stuck with me from 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 jump. That was that was one of those, we're always looking to be intentional. It's actually in our core values. Mm. Uh, being intentional and, and being uh, innovative is one of our values. Um, I'm curious if you can think of some other things that we've done here that we would consider small changes. Now, sometimes we do things that are a little bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we uh, jumped into buying vehicles, Yeah, um, we had been advised to go out and buy or lease really expensive vehicles, and, mm-hmm. and we chose not to. No. And, and we had a connection with a local plumbing company. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Um, you should, because we still mm-hmm. have most of the trucks that we got from them, and mm-hmm. the plumbers would use them. Um, beat, the, beat the junk out of them. Beat them up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then they just they wanted somebody who could buy several at a time, make it easy. Yeah, we didn't definitely didn't need to buy as many trucks at that one time, but the deal was just too good to pass off. Well, yeah, and I got to yeah. tell you, I, I just I'm going to take a moment just to say, here's yeah. what we did. Uh-huh. They offered us three trucks at an insanely affordable price, big trucks that we still use, and mm-hmm. one of them had a bad engine, mm-hmm. one of them had a bad transmission, and one was pretty much okay. Yeah, I mean, at least it ran. Yeah. It, it would run and drive, and it was usable mm-hmm. after we cleaned it up and logoed it. But then we do you recall that we took the transmission out of yep. the one that had a bad engine, we put it over in the one that had the bad transmission. Mm-hmm. Now we had two trucks up and going. Mm-hmm. So these were like the I I guess that would fall under small improvements, right? Yeah. And then we had a third truck that was just dead. <laughs> oh, no engine, no transmission. No engine, no transmission. Yeah. Yeah, I remember and, that. And we didn't need it. So we we parked it for a minute. Until we needed it, but mm-hmm. then once we needed it, we could just put a new transmission and we we put a Ford Reman in it. Um, I think both engine and transmission, mm-hmm. and I think that we're still driving that we truck are. today, yeah. and it runs fine. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a low mileage engine because mm-hmm. it was Ford Reman. Yeah. Um, give me some more. I remember you wanted to introduce a um, um, service fusion. Mm-hmm. Into the company, but when we started, it was we we basically were just running the entire company on on um, a Google Calendar yep. for dispatching, and um, I think Gigi was using an Excel spreadsheet for invoicing and estimates, um, and so we needed to develop a process because it was great when you had one or two trucks on the road, mm. but our goal was ten, you know, right? So we needed, and then we wanted to be able to track jobs we wanted to be able to be able to do a searchable database so we went out and found um a customer management tool mm-hmm. um, and we actually started with a different one that we're using now called m help desk and um it was it wasn't very expensive but it kind of it kind of got us into managing the the intake process because one of the things we needed to do was standardize our intake process so every job came in came in the same way yep. and the information was disseminated the same way to the, the employees and the customer got all the information they needed in a timely manner. Well, and I, I that again, that was one of those things. I didn't even understand that we mm-hmm. needed it. Uh, but I understand now that a CRM, a customer relationship management tool, mm-hmm. manages your relationship to that customer from the moment they call till you send an estimator out or create an estimate mm-hmm. um, it tracks them you know after they it uh, after they approve the estimate and mm-hmm. the job turns on uh, all the way through the collection 
uh, at the end of the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, that's listen. It better. also it also that's, is a, that's better. It's a huge database of their uh, information of their email addresses. So you can do email blasts. You can do um, when the technician's on the way. When the technician leaves, you can do surveys for for how you you know how how are we doing right. Um, and it, it gives us the ability to, to log before and after pictures. And then you have somebody say, yeah, you did work for me two years ago. And you can search it for, you can, listen, you can search by phone number, by address, by name, last name, email address. And you can find all the information. And it saved us in the past because we had a couple customers that weren't customers we wanted to do work mm. for in the past. And all I had to do is go to the database and we realized that this customer stiffed us for 500 bucks. Yeah. Or he was a problematic person that we that made made up things that we didn't want to go back and work from what and we were able to just go back and just cut them out of our lives yeah. again because of that small change. Mm. Um, thinking about another couple of small changes that we've done over time, um, like um, adding some benefits, mm-hmm. uh, we would absolutely love, uh, and we talk about this all the time. We we would like to pay above industry average yeah. wages. That's our heart. That's what we want to do. We want to provide excellent benefits, but we can't always do all that stuff. But through the years, we've implemented a couple of things like what we want: holiday pay and PTO. That are so if I I can't if I can't give you full health care, what what can I do? If I can't give you even a two dollar an hour raise, but what I can do, which no construction company does, I can give you a holiday off. Mm-hmm. Right, so we implemented holiday pay. Yeah. So, so in the past, it was you want to take off Thanksgiving, great, you just don't get paid for Thanksgiving. But now we actually will pay you for that. Right. That holiday. Um, you want you get sick, you're out of work. Well, we want to institute the PTO sick vacation time. But those are little changes that we could do without a lot of expense. Now, over time, if everyone took in the company took a week off at the same amount of time. You know, obviously, it would yeah, be we'll a be dead in the water. Yeah, but it, this is kind of like a little trickle. Well, well, Scott wants to take a week off. It's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? You know, someone gets sick and they take a day off. Listen, we've even had where that one week they only got thirty hours that week. Yes, but they needed that forty-hour paycheck, so they were able right. to use their PTO. Yeah, to bring it to that. 40 and hours. and employees do get sick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're out a couple of days, or their kids get sick. Or absolutely, you know. God, golly, they want to take a vacation. You want to go to Disney World one day, whatever that is. Um, so we do have a culture of constantly yeah. looking for small improvements. I'm aware of one that's going on now um, the, in, in the complex where our offices are. Uh, we currently have four, four shop spaces, mm-hmm. and a fifth one has come available. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just watching it going. Wow, is that is that the next small change that mm-hmm. really brings a big result? Yeah, tell me about that a little bit. Well, you know, in, in when we took over the one shop that that Mike Elliott sits in our GM, um, we didn't need more than one shop. You mm-hmm. know, we started from your bedroom for yeah. out loud. And hey, then, hey, to be fair, it was an office off of my bedroom. Office, yes, correct. But and it worked very well for the first couple months that I was here. Um, and then we started with one warehouse. And then the guy next to us was moving. So, well, maybe we should get another warehouse. So then we rented the warehouse next door. And we door had and two so suddenly. And we you knocked the whole A small the change. And now we had a small change. And it wasn't a huge expense, but it was a bigger expense. I was like, well, we had to think about it. Well, the office behind us became available, and we didn't need it. It was one of those, like, we don't really need three warehouses. Right. 
Um, but we knew that we weren't going to get an opportunity to have that unit ever again. Yeah. So we made a leap of faith. He said, you know what, we're going to grab it. And we grabbed it. And then we, of course, when we, the restoration company in our school that we have built, we have over in a, another warehouse a few doors down. And th- the office behind where our training lab is, is now available. And it's like, do we let that go or do we grab it? And even though we may not have a hundred percent need for it, but now as we, as we're talking about it, cause we have a couple of weeks to make that decision. Mm-hmm. We're now dreaming about what's the next big goal. I mean, we would love to have our marketing team in house. We would love to have a video lab so we can train videos, do training videos. We'd love to record our podcast. Yeah. But the office that we're doing a podcast in now is. Yeah. And those aren't necessarily small changes. No. But it does make me based on our history, Mm -hmm. look at it and go, where's all this leading to down the road? Mm -hmm. You know, because there was something, and I'm sure I mentioned it uh, before, but one of the side things that I've, that comes to mind about looking for 1% improvement. And, and maybe one of the biggest things is sometimes those improvements turn out to be yeah. three, five, 20, 10, 20% <laughs> improvements like big. And I'm looking at these, at these shops and going, is this a 10 or 20% improvement to have the video guy in house to have um, social media in house? Yep. Uh, I, you know, I don't fully understand what it could be, but I take it on faith that this is probably a positive change. Well, the other thing is we have a training lab now that we use currently for our existing Orlando location. Okay. This is a school, we call it the school of rock. Um, and that is the lab where our guys can go and punch holes in walls and patch them and we could teach them how to prep and all that stuff. But it's, it's a little less um, polished and we like it to be. Well, and that, uh, frankly, that wasn't even our original one. No, that's was, the second one we've the, done. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that was an improvement that over was. the first one. Yeah. Starting the school was one starting the, the a training facility, you know, which was literally in our existing one office warehouse, setting up a couple of walls and, and, and but training. For, but for the time it was there, it was effective, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So now that we are having franchisees come in for training, we want to build a better, facility a little more polished with a training classroom with, yep. with a training lab that you can do all these repairs and training in. And so this, this may lead us to, to a better, a better look and feel. Right. When it comes to that, so. Well, and of course everything we're doing now uh, is with the interest of the incoming franchisees mm-hmm. in mind so that we can produce and provide for them the mm-hmm. highest level, you know, training yeah. and instruction possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the things we used to do for that we started, you started it years ago before I got here. You were paying for reviews, so when the when an employee got their name in review, you give them like twenty five dollars, right? And so we so we wanted to make recognition a huge part of our company, and because the employees are are the company. Without the employees, we don't have a strong company. That's exactly right. And so we implemented this recognition system. We call it the brag board. And so literally, if someone writes a review and we actually handwrite a note about that technician, we thumbtack it on the board. If an employee wants to compliment each other, we do a peer to peer brag. If they want, if a, sometimes a homeowner does not leave a review, but they do call and say, I mean, those guys were great. Or they'd send an email saying, you guys did a great job. We're able to do a handwritten brag and put that on the board. Yeah. And then they get drawings and they get rewards and all kinds of cool stuff. That was yeah. fun because we, we just did our end of the year drawing uh, for 2022. And one of our helpers 
uh, Fred. Shout out to Fred again because I know he's going to listen. He won the grand prize at two hundred and fifty dollars. I know, right? How just, just from pulling that. Yeah, I was that really happy for him. Uh, and those reviews add up. Mm-hmm. So we started out with no reviews mm-hmm. when we when we started holding the wall, um, and now years later, we're sitting at just what was four hundred. We need one more review to be at four hundred five star reviews. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be over four hundred, and that's just on Google. That does not include Facebook. Yelp, Better Business Bureau, Angie's List, Home Advisor. But you know, right? the whole concept was that was one of those small mm-hmm. things that we emphasized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was advised early on, you need to get reviews. Yeah. Because that's everybody, that's the world telling each other mm-hmm. how good you're doing. Right. And make sure you keep getting them because that lets the world know how current you are. Some people mm-hmm. have, you know, 100 reviews, but they're three years old. Yeah. Or they all came out in one month. Or yeah, they're all, they're all bots. You uh-huh. know, where they, they paid a service to do it. So that that's one of those things that we have been intentional about. And often, when somebody calls to hire us to do drywall repair for them, they'll say, "Oh my gosh, you guys have hundreds, mm-hmm. tons of really good reviews online." Mm-hmm. You know what? It builds it builds confidence in you. It proves your competency. Um, People have faith that you're going to be able to pull off a good job. Well, it's exciting to know that we've built, and part of our culture is innovation. Okay, right. We we want to be a company that innovates. Absolutely. And and we we basically have become a technology company, an innovation company that does drywall because we're always finding new and better ways to do it. And we've been able to train and kind of breed that into every employee. Yeah. Whether it's make sure you're getting before and after pictures or time lapse videos for social mm-hmm. media. Or if you find an issue with your vehicle, we can tweak it. You know, this storage bin does better than that storage bin. Right. This screw gun does better than that screw gun. Yep. Those little tweaks, look, we just changed our power standards. We went from one version to a new version. This mm-hmm. vacuum works better than that vacuum. Yep. But it's now instinctive. It's now intuitive. We just do it automatically. We don't even think about it anymore. We mm-hmm. don't think about, hey, we should do the aggregate of you know, marginal gains. Right. No, we just do it. Yeah. And that's exciting because even right this second, um, there are changes going on in our company that in a year from now we're going to look back and go, oh, I can't believe we did that. You know, mm-hmm. look at the changes we've made. Yeah. So, but thank you to you for creating a culture like that from the very beginning um, and uh, being able to, to kind of dig into this. It's kind of fun to look back because there's some things that we hear and about some advice on and we kind of go, where are you doing that? But now we can actually put, I, I didn't have the name yeah. aggregate of marginal gains in my vocabulary. Right. Um, but I knew we wanted to make Not, not many people do, yeah, 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 yeah. to be fair. <laughs> so little small tweaks is what I, what I would call it. Yeah. Um, so what can we challenge our, you know, listen, if you're a small business owner listening to us and you've made it through the 30 plus minutes of this conversation, think about what you're going to do in your business that could do small but meaningful gains yeah um and, and improve you your business over the years listen always think of improvement if you're not if you're not moving forward you're standing still yeah okay and sometimes you just have to move forward take that leap a little bit because you can't steer a vehicle we've actually done wrong. that many times haven't mm-hmm. we absolutely just a leap of faith mm-hmm. and listen don't be afraid to fail i mean we've failed a few times and guess what it's okay we become a better company from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in parting, I'd like I would recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh it listen, it it applies to business, it applies to your personal life and um 
just tiny changes making remarkable results. Yeah. And so you got a great blog post we're going to post on our website. Um, I will link, if you're in our Facebook group, um, there'll be a link to the, uh, to the blog post as well in the, uh, in the Facebook group. And I encourage you to go watch it or to go read that, that blog post, go buy this book and uh, find ways to, to tweak your business for the positive. Bill, thank you. Great podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Whole New Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Whole New Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.